The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. And I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. Welcome back to the podcast and can't wait for the great pumpkin to shine its abusive language down on all the children. It's that time of year. Sure is. You know, a couple of years ago, we decided we were going to try and show Viva the great pumpkin. And I remember getting a couple minutes into it and having it be having a scary psychedelic sequence. Yeah. And I'd forgotten this and like heaps of abusive language or like language that just doesn't cut the mustard by today's Not anymore, standards. no. You no. can't. I don't know. It's not that it was anything we didn't say when we were younger, but it was just so... Long, what was it? What's some of the phrases they use? Lunkheads or blockheads? Blockheads, yeah. But, and it's a constant insult. I mean, you know, we complain about the insult comedy on Disney Channel, but this is, has got more punch to it. And I don't know. I mean, we were pretty 80s kids. Well, the... the com- pretty famously the abusive, insult comedy, right? I, mean, I think, on Disney is... You know they try to be, they try to be like witty and punny about the abuse. Whereas I think in the Charlie Brown stuff, it just like cuts right to the bone. Yeah, it's not sass. It's like no. you are an idiot. Yeah, and I hate you. And I'm going to punch <laughs> no, your it's, face. It's very, yes, it's exactly <laughs> what it. It's straightforward, and it, you know, there's no like I'm doing this because I think it's a I have a witty I have a witty, a witty comeback for it. I'm saying it because I genuinely think you're an idiot, Charlie Brown. You uh-huh. should go kill yourself, Charlie Brown. <laughs> it's my favorite one of those cartoons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it only ran once, though, I think. <laughs> Not across the tracks, down the river, Charlie Brown. <laughs> so you started to watch it a couple years ago, you said, with Viva? Or yeah, the- and we put it away, and I forgot that we oh, did that. Okay. I, think, I think Professor Foster had been like, we should watch this as a family. She might be old enough now. And then... One, I think we remember how terrible the animation and the voices mm-hmm. are and how incredibly grating the music is. Oh, yeah. That, uh, it's Garaldi stuff. Um, and this is a this is even a minor one. This isn't even the Christmas one. You know, like they keep getting worse because there's there's the Christmas one and the Halloween one. And then there's the horrible Thanksgiving one yeah. where Snoopy and Woodstock make popcorn for three hours and go like. Rah! And uh, then there's the. It, oh, I guess it's also the Thanksgiving one where they show all the pilgrims die. <laughs> you know that one? I remember. I know we we've seen them all, and I know, that one I haven't seen in a couple of years because I remember we've we'll record them when we see them and watch them with the kids. And that was one I I was like I don't I don't think we need to see this one ever again. It's the Mayflower Compact. They're telling Charlie the Brown. story, right? They're, they're telling the story. Yeah, the and they showed the Peanuts they, gang they're on all a, getting sick. Yeah, they're throwing up overboard and then they disappear. Yes. <laughs> It was a little real. Charlie Brown was a little real. A little real. And then there's the, like, get really weird as the 60s drag on into mm-hmm. what's the Camp Crystal Lake Charlie Brown or whatever, uh, the canoeing one. Paddle for your life, Charlie Brown, something like that. Oh my, yeah, and I never, I didn't realize that they had made so many of those TV specials. I guess it, I always thought it was just those main ones, the pumpkin and the the, the Christmas, you know. And then, but I didn't realize, I think there's even, might even be an Easter one. They made some later on, too, that are just bad. Like, they're just phoning it in. Did you ever see, a, like, a year or two ago, there was a CGI feature film? We did. We watched that. I got to tell you, I'd rather sit through that than uh, some of these specials, some of these original 
you know, specials, animated specials. How was it? She, I can't say I remember specific details. I remember it was amusing enough, and I just can't remember if they because it was about a it was about a girl. It's kind of like the one. Uh, what's the one where there's a girl in the class that like a new girl and he wants to date her? Isn't it similar to that one? Your unrequited love is pathetic, Charlie Brown. Yes. <laughs> well, he loves the little redheaded girl, right? Yes, and this one I think is. Uh, I don't think it's. I'm trying to remember if it's that storyline. If it's just a, a similar storyline that there's a new girl who comes to town and he's trying to get her. Uh, oh, it is. A, it's the little red-haired girl story. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, they just turned that into a movie. That's right. I just I had to check to see if it was just similar to that one, but it is that one exactly. Do they get together? I think in the end, uh, you know, she finally meets him, and it was you know it all turned out fine. You know, there's a happy ending to it. Unlike unlike you should kill yourself, Charlie Brown. Yeah, that had a very sad ending. <laughs> there's 45 of those cartoons. The last one being Snoopy the Musical of 1988. Uh, I don't remember. Gosh, we were pushing high school at that point. You're a good sport, Charlie Brown. It's the Pied Piper, Charlie Brown 2000. What? That's weird. Snoopy's getting married, Charlie Brown, 1985. We're jumping the shark. He's a bully, Charlie Brown, 2006, with Taylor Lautner. What channel are these? Something like the Hallmark Channel or something? I mean, everyone stopped watching these at some point because I don't remember most of these. So I think they probably stopped in 1976 with, and I'm not making this up, It's Arbor Day, Charlie Brown. Talk about, that's got to be where they're like, okay, guys, come on. What are we doing? <laughs> so did uh, so did you pull it out? Did you dust it off this year? It was just on. We DVR'd it. I haven't watched this. I haven't watched it yet this year, but I have Great Pumpkin on the DVR right now. Oh, you do? Interesting. Yeah. I think it might be streaming. Um, I might have to watch it tonight to see. No, my daughter saw it. She went to preschool, and they had won, through positive behavior, they had won a pajama party the kids had. Uh-huh. So they, got, they all wore their uh, pajamas to school. And uh, Man, nothing makes kids happier than being able to wear pajamas to school. Right? You can get them to do anything if you promise them that they'll be able to wear pajamas to school. They think it's the coolest thing. They do, and I had to help out when we went to the co-op. I had to help out on pajama day and wear pajamas myself. But it's much more involved when you're a grown man because you got to think about what you're going to wear under those pajamas to keep everything exactly. in place. Yeah, yeah, because our pajamas might have, you know, uh, holes in the front that don't close all the way. Exactly, just like one weak button. Yeah, with, with <laughs> no real determination to stay put. Yeah. So pajama uh, so, day, so they got to wear pajamas and and they got to watch you. You're a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Now, did they like preview that through the parents? Did they say, "Hey, does anyone have any objections to it's a good man"? Are they just gonna? Are they just went with? I'm really okay. surprised they didn't. As far as I know, they did not say ahead of time on any of the blogs or anything. This is what happens when you leave the hippy dippy preschool. I was there for a cartoon day with the hippies, and it was only like it was only cartoons from the library. You know, just stuff about like the food groups and the alphabet, uh, and and yeah. things about uh, social emotional <laughs> intelligence. You know, there was there were no uh, licensed cartoons happening on at the hippie mm-hmm. preschool, so they just whipped it out. I'm not mad. I mean, it's, it's they Charlie watched Brown. they watched your feelings are valid, Charlie Brown. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's attachment parenting, Charlie Brown. <laughs> If you want a nurse, just ask your mother, even though you're eight, Charlie Brown. 
<laughs> what do you mean you're out of milk? <laughs> I need to get to fifth grade. <laughs> so what did Viva, uh, did she come back with? Uh, she, she came took- back very unimpressed. She came back and immediately wow. said, Daddy, we watched Charlie Brown, and they said a lot of mean words. Well, I would say that, uh, it, like you said, she comes back unimpressed, and I'd have to say that's probably most of America agrees with her. Mm-hmm. Does anyone really like Charlie Brown? Or do I they defy just, did, a new Charlie Brown like uh, watcher to like Charlie Brown. Yeah, no, I, I don't think you would. I think you like sitting on your on your um, concentric circle rug, you know, in your parents' rumpus room in nineteen seventy whatever, mm-hmm. eating a Dolly Madison zinger and watching the CBS special logo. And it then was watch novel, Charlie right? Brown. It was novel. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I guess I guess we all liked the you know the Christmas special, but that's the only one that seems to. And Didn't even that nice one, they're so mean. They, they were so they're so mean to Charlie Brown, even in that one. Yeah, and it gets Jesusy. I didn't realize that until I tried to watch it with with like some. Oh, yeah, they just straight up stop and recite the Bible for five minutes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's slow this down a little bit now. It's time to recite some, some, I forget what verse it was, John verse, you know, but straight straight up just read you some scripture. You can see that at the hippie preschool between the edamame and the the feelings tree. Wow. Yeah. Well, hey, well, your kids are old. Like your kids are almost a generation removed from uh, Viva. What did you? What's their take on? Well, the fact peanuts? that it made it to our DVR means they still have some kind of hope that they're going to like it. But I don't think they ever really do. The, in terms of the specials, you know, so we try to get the specials when they come on, and and you know, so the pumpkin one, the Thanksgiving one, uh, and and they they're all somewhat disappointed. No one's ever. I think they they always think they'll like it the next time, but they never do. Uh, we have Great Pumpkin. They started to watch it. And they turned it off. You know, it's like, uh... Well, it sucked the last 14 years, but maybe yeah. this year, it's Flash Beagle Charlie Brown from 1984 <laughs> will be good. Yeah, so they it, it would never be their first choice. I would say that... I, I, I would say that mine nor no kids of their generation are what you would call Peanuts fans. I mean, the, the movie did not make them any more of a Peanuts fan. But the movie was better than the specials. And I don't know if it's just because it was... Uh, I can't say that the writing was any better or anything like that. I mean, I think they were still insulting Charlie Brown most of the time. Oh, my god! I think some of the uh, Snoopy bits were, cl- you know, were, were pretty funny. That's what I liked as a kid was just the Red Baron stuff. There, but yeah, only there's a whole kind of lot wild. of Red Baron in this one. Hmm. Yeah, Viva talked about that. She said, "Daddy, I like the part where he's flying in his doghouse and dots appeared like they were he, his plane was shooted." Yeah, shooted, shooted. So, um, you sent me a file. Do you want to play this? I want to hear. Oh I, yeah, I, so this is Viva's review of uh, Great Pumpkin, and it does sound like in in uh, defense of the preschool, they they prefaced the showing with the discussion of the language. Oh, okay. Well, let's see here. So, Vivian, you watched It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, today in preschool? Yeah. And what did your teacher tell you about it before you started to watch it? Um, that, that was a long time ago when they said bad words like stupid <laughs> and I hate. But, um, 
and and Lucy was the baddest sister because he because she said, "Can I have some extra candy for my stupid brother?" <laughs> That's not a very nice way to talk. <laughs> and she had a stupid and she oh. had a bad witch costume on. She did have a bad witch costume on. So, uh, but you're not going to talk like that now because you watched that cartoon, right? No. No, that wasn't very nice. And what happened to Charlie Brown when he went trick or treating? He only got rocks. <laughs> so Charlie Brown only got rocks. That he only got rocks. Now, I noticed that Viva almost slipped into. She almost said that Lucy's costume yeah, was stupid. Like, <laughs> she had a stupid way. That stupid Lucy had a stupid witch costume on. So if I saw Lucy, I'd probably punch her. <laughs> it's funny to hear her catch herself. Mm-hmm. You know, so it makes me think that she's filtering around you. And when her and the other kids were talking in the preschool they were like oh everything's so stupid how could they not how could they not yeah. give it a shot right after seeing that yeah you know they went right out on the playground called each other blockhead pulled away footballs oh yeah absolutely so well now you've introduced her to you know being two-faced like having one set of you know language that she uses with her friends and another set that she uses in oh. front of adults Mm-hmm. Ever since she watched that episode, it's time to code switch Charlie Brown. <laughs> so, do you think she'll? She, it's not like she came home and said, "Daddy, I want to watch it again." Like she's not. No, she said it was weird. She said there were weird witch faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Yeah, she said it was weird. She said there were weird witch faces. Um, she liked the Red Baron, but uh, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall and see what a room full of twenty sixteen mm-hmm. four and five year olds think of that god awful cartoon. Yeah, well, especially when they have, you know, what their their choices now are so much more stimulating. You know what I mean? Like, Charlie Brown moves fairly slow. It does, and I think There's a lot of awkward silences, and then just the music in between. You could watch someone walk for 30 seconds. On a poorly animated background. Yeah, which is really, the walking is probably just a loop of about five uh, cells looping, you know, uh, yeah, because this was in the 60s in the nadir of animation, where like all animation was cheap and terrible, like Alvin and the Chipmunks and Mr. Magoo. Mm-hmm. Everything was garbage to look at. It was it was almost a flip book. You know, it was yeah. like glorified stereopticon slides. Uh, and and, and it, it's... it's Are they trying to... Is it just because the animation's cheap, or are they trying to capture the pacing of the strips? I don't know. I think maybe... They might try to defend it that way, but I think it was just it was it's cheap animation. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just a different time in terms of, uh, you know, keeping the action moving and and the attention spans and being having to uh, have something going on. You know, reload the next joke right away that the kids are kind of used to now in their, you know, in the current shows. Yeah, I just I don't what. If you watch Charlie Brown and you see him endlessly dogpiled on, right, called dumb and stupid and blockhead, and all the kids hate him, and tell him why he sucks over and over, and then he goes trick-or-treating and then the parents also abuse him and give him rocks? So that's my question about Charlie Brown. Is there is there really a lesson? Like, is there is there a positive message in Charlie Brown? Because the guy is a, the guy is like a loser and everyone tells him that he is. Does he ever actually come out on t- I mean, I guess in, in Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, everyone comes together and they decorate the tree and sing around it. And uh, But they, do they do it because of Charlie Brown or in spite of Charlie Brown? 
I don't know. There's a great strip of Charlie Brown from like 1951 or 52, whenever the strip started and it was really subversive and fantastic. And Charlie Brown is walking along and one kid says, there's good old Charlie Brown. Another kid says, yep, good old Charlie Brown. And Charlie Brown walks by and one of the kids says to the other kid, how I hate him. <laughs> and that's what I don't understand. Why do people hate Charlie Brown? Because he's just, because he's, always like what is it because he's awkward because he has a bad luck around him they hate him for no reason maybe he represents the part of ourselves that can never win like just the loseriest mm-hmm. self-perception we have of ourselves and so when you see him you want to destroy him because he reminds you of the <laughs> weakest part of yourself <laughs> yeah <clears throat> i suppose that maybe there's a deeper psychological representation of charlie brown what he is in all of us that we want to sm- that we want to smother with a pillow <laughs> i think that that comes up in 1978's you represent my deepest self-loathing charlie brown <laughs> And now it's time for School Days with a Z. That's where one small press board desk protects us from the radiation of the Ruskies bombs. <laughs> that's right. Duck and cover, man. Because uh, that's between you and radiation, so all you need is that little desktop. Take it from uh, Fallout Turtle. That's right. Fallout Turtle. Didn't they say at some point that they knew that wouldn't work? It was just to make people feel better about the... Nuclear. I would assume that's the thing, right? You just have to tell the parents you've got some kind of preparation. Yeah, uh, we're absolutely prepared to let your children incinerate Mm -hmm. uh, under their desks. Well, if you're curled up in a ball under your desk, at least you your lips are closer to your butt for kissing it goodbye. (laughs) And it'll be easier to find the pile of dust that is you because they could just say, "Look under your child's desk," and (laughs) get a small hand broom and a dustpan. Take that home and bury it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you what know. were the other school things at school? What we we had the drills. I never knew what, what was open the windows and what was close them. Oh, we you did drills where you had to open windows. Close fire drill was close the windows and leave. Oh, that's funny that they would see they would never do that now because you don't want you give, out. You don't, yeah, you don't give children a job to do. On a fire drill. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you smell smoke, erase the chalkboards, yeah. <laughs> make a single file line, and leave. <laughs> Open windows. Sharpen all the pencils, and then go. Get into a bucket brigade and start passing water <laughs> towards the fire. But then, because the, tornadoes, tornadoes, who says it like that? Tornadoes. Where I'm from, we said tornadoes. Uh, it was pajama day. Uh <laughs> Closed the windows and then you went in the hallway and got a ball. Yeah, you got to go in the hallway for that. But yeah, we never had a window. I don't know. It, it, it never was a kid's job. At least I don't know if the teacher did it, but I never had. I to thought for sure the there was like make sure there's not oxygen for the fire, make sure there's not glass for the tornadoes, something. And now and then there was get under your desk for nuclear bombs. See, once we again were, though, after that they're asking kids in the event of a tornado, run towards the glass and make sure the windows are closed. <laughs> Put your face right by it while you while you close that little <laughs> latch. Well, and now they have active shooter drills, right? Yes, uh, and 
You like know, if your strange dad shows up with a machine gun, everybody could. Everybody do what? And there's conf- well, there's conflicting theories about that because what most schools do is just what they call a lockdown, right? Where you hide in your room, and but now other schools are saying, well, we don't want our kids to do that. We want them if if there's an opportunity to actually leave the building in an active shooter situation, they'll leave the building. So they would make some kind of a they have some kind of code for. You know, if they know that the active shooter is in a certain wing of the building, they'll somehow get the word out to if you are not in that wing, just get out. Because why wait for someone to come find you instead? If you could just run down the hallway and get out. What you know do you? What I mean? So, like, you get on the announcements and you say, "Everyone in the south wing." Well, you uh, they would have some kind of code that you know. Hey, kids! Opposite Santa is here. <laughs> Yes, yes, and yeah, he's visiting the North Pole, so everyone who knows the north end of the building, lock down, everyone else get out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, somehow, but yeah, there, more experts are coming out now saying you should try to just get out in active shooter drills. Some schools teach like the swarm the shooter thing, where you just what like, you just swarm him with so many bodies that you'll only have a couple people get shot. Just the people in the middle of the pile will become a creamy center. <laughs> yeah, I think that's more of that's a theory that that certain people want them to use. There are people who are like they're big on disarming instead of hiding or running. They think your best chance for survival is to fight back, and so they're trying charge to, them. Yeah, so they're trying to get, but I don't like Lilliputians. I don't know any everybody... schools that actually do that, but swarm. Swarm, swarm. We're gonna have a swarming drill. A swarm drill. I'd hate to be the volunteer. To, you know, <laughs> uh, besides the fact that you're, you know, you're putting yourself in the middle of, you know, however many students that, you know, talk about inappropriate touching. <laughs> right. We're all gonna pile on Mr. J. <laughs> uh, I'm uncomfortable with this. Bad touches, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, well, <sighs> so. I'm trying to figure out the balance of parenting a uh, student. So, you know, when it comes to grades, because oh. I, I, maybe when the kids were younger, we might have had this talk on the old show about how much do how much pressure do I put on about grades. Like, at what point do I start to say, okay, you're not doing enough? So Alex is in um, – he has three honors classes. And I believe in all three of his honors classes, he has, you know, a B, like a solid 85 in the three honors classes. It's like a language arts class, uh, honors math class, and one of them is uh, U.S. history honors. There's honors history these days? Yeah, I guess so. And actually what I didn't realize about is honors math and honors English, and I had no idea actually until this is what a bad, you know, how much I wasn't paying attention to his class schedule, but... uh, his math and his English are actually freshman. He's in eighth grade. He's actually getting freshman high school credit for them. Oh, so you didn't know this? I had no idea. He's saving I thought you it was money, just, man. I thought it was just an honors class. I mean, I had honors classes in junior high, and it was just smart kids doing math. It wasn't. I never got freshman credit for taking math in eighth grade, but he's basically taking freshman algebra in eighth grade, and he's taking freshman English in eighth grade. It's great if that stuff transfers. Well, yeah, it transfers to his high school. You know, it's a, but anyway. Oh, I was, I'm four years ahead of this game. Freshman college? Freshman no, no, no. college. Uh, yeah. No, but he'll have two credits. He'll have two high school credits already as a freshman. Mm. 
So it might give him some more room as a senior. It, basically, it's just an AP. I think just an AP track that they put you on. Uh, so anyway, uh, and he's, I forget what other, you know, science, I think he's getting an A in science or something, and he's, you know, whatever his electives are, he's doing well. And so, but I don't know. There, there's times when I'm like, well, why shouldn't he be getting A's in those honors classes? He could be, he could, he seems to have some free time on his hands. He could study a little harder. But he's also, and I've always, I've always told him, I've always said this, but I'm having a hard time putting my money where my mouth is here. I've always said I'd rather you get a B in an honors class than an A in a non-honors class. Well, is it weighted so that you're? They are weighted. So basically, an A is a five, and a B is a four, as opposed to a A B in a four and a B being a three. Right? When you're talking about grade point average, does that mean he still gets straight A's if he gets B's in the? I guess so. Like he still makes high honors and still gets National Honor Society or whatever the heck. I guess. I mean, you know, yes. So, so I suppose I should be happy with a B average, right? But I want to think so. I I I want him to want the A's, but I think he's. I think I made a mistake by saying I'd rather have you get B's and honors than A's and regular. And I didn't mean by I want you to get B's and honor. I mean it by. If doing your best gets you a B in an honors class, that's fine. But I sometimes I wonder if he's doing B effort because he knows that that's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, right. He's figured out. Oh, I don't need to. I don't need to put in a effort he's level. Game in the old syllabus. It's yeah. Like, hey, this is uh Yeah, it's it's a o'clock somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So he's. He's doing he's doing B level ever because he knows I'm I'm fine with B I'm fine with B's I don't you know if I had said you will get A's if I was Tiger Mom mm-hmm. um, and said you will get A's in all your honors classes he might be spending a little more time now I'd feel like he still spends a lot of time doing homework more time than I feel comfortable with sometimes you know there's times when we'll come home especially like after basketball. You know, he's playing basketball in the junior high right now, and they'll have – on a game night, he'll have a game and, uh, you know, 4.30, he'll get home probably close to 7 o'clock. And he'll still have two hours of homework to do. That's well, bogus. That's bogus, right? And I think they've recently proven – they have recently proven – You know, who the, they, they have. There's no point in any homework before high school. Yeah. And even then, only in STEM stuff. Otherwise, you're just wasting kids' time and destroying their lives. Yes, and uh, some they've they've done that uh, at the junior high level. They still believe in homework, but the homework it doesn't carry the weight that it used to. It's more un. It's more What's like that mean? well, it's not necessarily you have homework to do. Like he has math problems he has to do every day, but they're not part of his grade. Oh, why would you do them? Because they still. I don't know, the teacher still checks the work, but it's a practice for the test, yeah. So, and they get to do retakes. If if you go in and take a test and get a C on it, you're not stuck with a C. You can take a retake a few days later and try to get a better grade. Because, again, like, they don't, that's part of the philosophy of you don't just, it's it's not about the, it's it's about, you haven't learned it until you've learned it, you know what I mean? Like, you haven't. Just because it's been taught doesn't mean it's been learned, and they want the teachers sure. to make sure that you've actually learned the material. So if they if you take a test and you don't do well on the test, 
that means that they haven't done. Oh sure, they haven't taught it. They haven't. They haven't. And that been not that they haven't taught it. Like they suck at their job, but it hasn't been learned yet. So let's still mm-hmm. we could still learn it. You know. Okay. All right. The assessments aren't the end. You know, they're just a tool in the process. So mm-hmm. there's that. So anyway, this is all very boring. I apologize, but um, so I'm torn because on the inside I want him. I felt like I, and maybe it was easier then. Maybe he's taking because he's like I said, my honors classes weren't what I would you know weren't weren't up a grade level. They were just an honors version of that class. So maybe. So is he taking it? With the upper no, because it's freshman. No, 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 because they're all eighth graders. But all those eighth graders will get freshman credit. Interesting, you know. And he's in the honors history too. Yeah. So. And that's where they let you in on the good, the, like the real history, the real history, the dark like, history. All that, yeah, like <laughs> the other kids are like Washington chopped out a cherry tree, and then they take Alex <laughs> in a room, and they're like, "There was forced sterilization of the mentally handicapped in the <laughs> South in the '60s." Yeah, he's very. He's very different these days after coming back from <laughs> honors history. Why do you have a people's history of the United States? It's one of my textbooks, Pop. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he, he actually just had to turn in a, uh, I think he ended up being like a 19-page paper he wrote about uh, uh, about the election. I told you that he had to write this paper. About the because... occupation of uh, Alcatraz by the Native Americans. <laughs> I'm like, what do you know about the Native Americans, Jamie? <laughs> So, uh, I guess I should be, I, sh- I I need to follow through on my word that I'm happy with B's and honors classes, but I just, I feel like I screwed up and that it gave him permission to just do B level work on purpose as opposed to make, if your best is a B, that's fine. But if your best is an A, you should do your best. Hmm. So you think he's sandbagging? Well, it's possible that he's sandbagging, but I can't prove it, nor do I want to challenge him. I don't want to say, I, I think you're sandbagging, because then he's <laughs> going to get very frustrated very quickly. Cause I've, I've, well, I've, if he's not, if he's not sandbagging, it's going to be demotivating. Yes, absolutely. If he is, might get some A's out of there. Some super A's. Be more yeah. than an A. I'm afraid it will backfire if I try to challenge his you authenticity. Know, start taking heroin. I hear yeah. about this. This opioid menace. Sure, he just and you live right there on the heroin highway. <laughs> I didn't know that. Do I? Oh yeah, eighty-eight. Where does it come from? Eighty-eight needed more uh, nicknames. It comes from Afghanistan, and then it goes. They just named uh, it the Ronald Reagan Expressway. Now it's the heroin highway. Yep, it's the Dwight D. Eisenhower Ronald Reagan East West Eighty-Eight Tollway Heroin Highway. I had no it idea. Takes the, it takes opioids from Afghanistan the long way around the world, mm-hmm. across Asia, through Europe, across the Atlantic, from New York to Chicago to the western suburbs to your son because you needed him to get A's in a weighted class where he was already effectively getting an A. That's the way I'm trying to think of it, that he is effectively getting an A. Like getting it, If he were to get an A, that'd be like an A++. So I'm... Trying not to stress about it, but I want him to get A's in those classes still. Maybe you should tell him, son, I'm effectively proud of you. <laughs> For all intents and purposes, I am mostly proud. <laughs> After you crunch the numbers, yeah. um, you know, I'm proud. <laughs> Although if you were to find it within yourself to get an A in these classes, I would find it within myself to be even more proud. <laughs> Have you have you and Melissa talked about how you will approach grades when that comes up? Are you 
do you feel like you'll just let it be? Because what if Viva struggles to get uh, – Kelly always says that she struggled to get good grades. She always got good grades, but she had to work really, really hard for it. And she thinks that's the way Ellie's going to be, that Ellie has you know has great potential. She's very smart. Your teacher wants her to be in honors-type classes, but Kelly's afraid that Ellie's going to be like her and have to work extra hard to keep up with it and get very stressed about it, which Kelly says that she did. She would get very stressed about her grades. She stayed in the honor stuff because that's what she was told that she should be in, but she felt like she had to work really hard. See, I everything came naturally to me except me for math, which I was, but I was still in honors math and could not have done less work. Yeah, and still got by. So, like the thing the that I struggled way. in, I des- I deserved to struggle because I was aggressively unlistening, <laughs> aggressively lazy, and and cheating constantly. It's kind of an so, oxymoron, though, right? To be aggressively lazy. <laughs> At least there was some aggression in there. At least you wanted it. <laughs> I want yeah, so lazy so bad. I'm willing you to and work I have for no it. <laughs> what you and I have no idea how to learn. I don't. I don't. And I I you know I hate to say that because it sounds like sounds like I'm bragging about it but I it's guess not bragging though I like got, I mean it's I'm super glad that I like am I mean I guess I'm glad that I'm I was naturally gifted but it also means I have no sometimes what? I felt What's like everyone else around me was just naturally dumb you know what I mean I felt like maybe I should be in even challenginger classes than what they had for honors. Oh, the fact that, that I'm willing to say the word challenginger means that I'm <laughs> definitely a smart honors type of student. I think that's on the test. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, there were times when I thought, well, I'm, just, I have it too easy. Maybe I should be going to IMSA or something. Oh, sure. Because I bet I would, I would have struggled at IMSA. Hell, I got to college and I struggled. Like I had real, I took calculus in college. And I almost dropped out of not just the class, but of college altogether. I mean, I was getting C's in calculus, uh. and I was taking physics, you know, college physics 101, and barely, barely making a C in that. Well, that's my boy Vic and I. We were like the Scholastic Bowl team yeah. captains and the National Honors kids and the and the, 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 the what was that thing where you got a You letter. guys were like Saved uh. by the Bell where – where every team and club in the school was only made up of those four people. Oh four yeah, my characters. Yeah, uh, my friend Robert and I were the president and vice president of every club. Yeah, clubs we didn't even go to. No, <laughs> we're like, oh, there's a rocketry. Hmm, never flown a rocket. Think we'll be the presidents. You know. That's right. But then when we'd go to compete in speech or scholastic ball or some kind of academic thing, Mathletes. math team, and if we got anywhere near an Asian, we <laughs> fell right on our face. You know, we were yeah. so far, like, whoop-de-whoop. We were, like, the smartest people in eight farm schools in the middle of Illinois. That's the same as not smart. Yeah, you were the tallest short person yes. in the yeah. room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's, maybe that's the way I had it as well, because I did not go to what you would call an academically gifted school. So we were just, I was just the smartest of the... Smartest kid in gangster town. <laughs> I was the smartest kid in gangster town. <laughs> So uh, so I don't know what that struggle is, mm-hmm. and maybe Alex is working hard just to keep those bees, so I don't want to discourage that. So I've always told myself, unless he slips into like C-level stuff, I will let him like kind of take charge. You know, we'll always encourage and we'll encourage him to work hard and let him know how important it is to get good grades, but I, I, I can't put that pressure on, especially knowing that he 
wants to be an athlete, not like not she wants to be a professional athlete, but he wants to be able to have those things in his life, like baseball and basketball and clubs, and he wants to be a play-by-play guy in high school, like for the high school teams when he's there for football and basketball, and those things take time also. So uh, I should I should want him to do that stuff. You know, even he is the only eighth grader who wears a red a red sports coat and a headset mic everywhere he goes. Yeah, just in case a sporting event (laughs) breaks out, breaks out, comment on it. He never knows. It really annoys his school bus driver when he calls the play by play of picking (laughs) up the kids and going down the road. He just sits in that front seat diagonal, just Uh just right in your ear the whole time. Oh, nearly ran him over on that one. Okay, I think we're headed up to the next house now. I think I think we're going to do a little better. We're going to rally. We're going to move those chains. Come on, here we go. <laughs> hey, folks, you already shop on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? You do it by using the Amazon portal on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. It's very simple. When you want to buy something on Amazon, go to paternitypodcast.com, click on support, and type in what you're looking for in the Amazon box. Amazon opens up. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't create a password. You don't create an account. And you do not pay extra. You just do your Amazon shopping through our portal. Amazon knows you came through the portal. And they send us a tidy little portion of their profits from what you bought. And we use that to keep the show on the air. I got a weird purchase coming up here, toddler. Yeah. Uh, We got a door that constantly needs to be propped. And we don't have a doorstop. Do you own any doorstops? I feel like it's a very old-fashioned thing. A door Only stop. like the old, like just a wedge style that you would just like a piece of rubber wedge that you'd put on your door. And only at work, I don't have doorstops I'd use in my house. Well, oh, we because got, you know, you're you're you live on a college campus, so every door has one of those automatic closers on it. Right, and every door weighs fifty tons. Yeah. You live at work now. You live at work. Well, I want to get an oldie timey iron animal. Oh. Like, my grandmother has a bull terrier that weighs, you know, 10, 15 pounds. It's yeah. a big old chunk of iron. And you stick that in front of the door, and that door taint going no place. Taint. So, but isn't going that a neither diff- here nor there. <laughs> Sneither. So, but it, it looks cool, but it seems inconvenient. Like, what happens Ooh. if Viva needs to unprop the door? She has to move this 50-pound cast iron pug or whatever it is. Well, I don't want her leaving. <laughs> well, She's little. She can't be trusted to go join the heroin highway. The door stops run to an keep the door to o- Alex. Th- does the door stop keep the door open or closed? Open. Oh, open. It's because we have contractors coming through to finish the place all the time. Oh. I'm always propping the door for workmen. And I want to yeah. prop it with a, Fancy. with a cast iron, you know, owl. I'm sure, I'm sure the construction workers will think you're very studly to have. A hey, it's real classy. Nice. What is that? Uh, That's that nice. Is, of, is that a Castor Iron Fleur de Lis doorstop with a black powder cool finish? <laughs> I've seen some other doorstops that are like tr- like cutesy. I guess I'd call it. They look like other things, but they're doorstops. Um, like what, they look like little leaves, but they're wedges or something like that. Well, I think see, I saw. that's what I'm talking about. That sounds nice. Right, I like things that look like other things. I think left to my own devices, I might live in Pee Wee's Playhouse, where like everything had a face. 
There you go. Well, they have, but here's the thing. So you're going to get a cast iron 30-pound dog to hold your door open. Well, that's got to cost you like 50 bucks, right? For I think a door cast irons, it's low these days. Here, I'm looking right now on the uh For on the a doorstop. These, are, really these are cheap. Spend, you really want to drop that kind of money on a doorstop? These are between 12 and $25. It still seems like a lot of money to hold a door open. Well, it's also a piece of furniture, right? I mean, it's a decorative <laughs> item. It's a great way to break your big toe. <laughs> break your big toe in style. Actually, don't you have a built-in doorstopper in your house? Can't you just set your daughter in front of the door and say... She's 35 pounds. She's 35 pounds. She looks like a little mouse or woodland creature. Probably, Hold this door. This might have worked a few years ago when she was younger. Yeah, and she now she's got to go. She wasn't mobile. Now, yeah, now it, she has to use the bathroom. Yeah, but she's got to go to school so she can learn to swear from Charlie Brown. You're stupid. <laughs> she gets to say it to all the contractors as they come in. Hey, how's it going, Viva? You're Whatever, st- stupid. <laughs> You're stupid. Your hardhead looks stupid. You're a blockhead. <laughs> Do the work, metatarsal. <laughs> Dummy. Are we paying you to stand around, or are we paying you to do some work, blockhead? You got time to lean. You got time to clean, stupid. (laughs) Hey, if you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. Subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. It's quick and easy and helps other listeners find us. And read our weekly paternity test blog at chicagoparent.com and our monthly column, Viva Daddy in Chicago Parent Magazine, available wherever you smell our feet and give us something good to eat. And now it's time for Scary Clowns and Filthy Elmos. That's where one scary clown can ruin clowning for the rest of us. Just yes, about I to hear take that, that up as a hobby. Emmett Kelly the Fourth was brutally murdered today. <laughs> so at my son's school, they do every year, like a, around Halloween, they do they have a little a patch of prairie behind their school with a path, uh-huh. you know, like a walking path in it. I like where this is going. And they do a haunted prairie every year, right? So they do... You know, the parents, parent organization, all the volunteers will set up haunted house type of thingies in it. And it's a an outdoor kind of haunted prairie, they call it. So and the kids wear costumes and just a little it's like their fall thing that they do at the junior high. Well, they, sounds scary to me, but not so much because of the like spaghetti guts and grape mm-hmm. eyeballs, but because I'm uh, really allergic to pollen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a very haunted prayer. Blue coneflower. Ah! If you dare. Uh-huh. So they made an announcement over the PA. Uh, my son told me this uh, uh, the other day. They said, due to recent events yes. in the news, no clown costumes are allowed to be worn to the haunted prairie. Come on. So they've completely they forbidden that. clowns from the school sponsored Halloween event. Listen, so when they came for the guns, <laughs> I said nothing because I didn't have a gun. When they came for the hoodies, I said nothing because I did not wear a hoodie. Then they came for my clown costume. Yes. What am I going to do with all these giant shoes I own? But Halloween is about scaring people. And if scary clowns if is what scares them yes. right now. If you can't be a scary clown for Halloween. It's funny because I could, I could wear... Uh, you know, I, I could I could put makeup on my face that makes it look like my mouth is zippered closed, and there's oh, sure. blood coming out of my eyeballs, and half my face is peeled off, uh, and that's fine. But I cannot put on a rainbow wig and a red nose and giant shoes, or I will be violating 
all kinds of school policy. Zero tolerance. You'll be expelled. You'll have to move. That's right. Dead in this town. Go to Come the on. And can you school. do can you do gore? I I'm sure they have a limit. I'm sure that they don't want you to do gore necessarily. But you could wear a scream mask or you could put on a Jason mask. You know? See, and those like those represent those definitely unequivocally represent someone who's going to kill a lot of people. Yeah. A clown. <laughs> Maybe you just want to be yeah. Canio for Pagliacci or they Marcel just, Marceau. They just want to make you some balloon animals. That's right. Uh, so Good, good. St- tamp down the scary clowns. You'll only make them stronger. Like the more you panic, the greater the fear grows, and that's awesome that's to right. me. This is what they want. <laughs> so that's uh, that's my scary clown update. That's finally taken its toll. It's negatively affected our Halloween because now, uh, not that Alice was going to go as a clown, but if he wanted to, now he can't. Thanks, ah. Obama. <laughs> Nanny state. I say you slip him a red nose to carry in his pocket and go at the haunted prairie. And yeah, what happens if noise. he wants to support Walgreens Red Nose Day initiative? Mm-hmm. You know, what if he wants to be Patch Adams for Halloween? <laughs> exactly. He's going to find himself in a. Remediation hearing next week. <laughs> well, elsewhere in the world of scares, ju- breaking news, mm-hmm. Jack T. Chick of the Chick Tract Evangelical Scary Cartoons of our youth has died at 90-some years old. Now, was he still making the cartoons, or are those things... I think he kind of was. I haven't seen any in... 30 years, mm-hmm. and I remember that they were always in the hospital waiting rooms when I was a kid. That's a creepy place for those. Very creepy place, right? Like, you know that your like, great-grandparents are constantly dying because you're a little kid, Yeah. and all the, all the there's like cartoon, you're, you're searching around the lobby for something cartoony to read, and all you're finding is highlights and the illustrated Bible. And then you find this like comic book, and you're like, "Yeah, comic book!" And then it's all about how Jews eat babies, how Catholics eat babies, how Freemasons eat babies, how Arabs <laughs> eat babies. Uh, Man, and babies must be delicious. Oh, you've, you've got to try it. sashimi grade baby is the best. <laughs> uh, and about going to hell, they're all about going to hell. Like the last page is always someone in hell. <laughs> At least he didn't have to keep rewriting the last page. That's true. <laughs> if it ain't Cut broke. Paste. <laughs> well, I see he wrote a book. Uh, he run one of his things was an anti-Halloween book. Uh, of course, right? Uh, Druids, pagans. He, he was not in favor of Dungeons and Dragons, and not just like Dungeons and Dragons, but the dun- but the game Dungeons and Dragons was. Oh yeah, because really, who likes Dungeons or Dragons? Yeah, but uh, together as a as a role playing game. Uh, oh, I love that he died at Halloween. Ha ha ha. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> we should. Let's see. Can you open the link from enterthejabberwock.com? Yes. Scroll down the page a couple of uh, scrolls to uh, the frame from the cartoon where the lady with the black hair is looking at the uh, little girl. The little girl's back is to the camera. It says, Debbie, your cleric has been raised. All right, so let's do a dramatic reading of Jack T. Chick's most famous, well, one of his most famous, one of my favorite, near and dear to my heart, 
of Fundamentalist Comics, uh, Dark Dungeons, which is an anti-role-playing game tract. Are you ready, Todd? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to be our greatest work. All right. I am the Dungeon Master, who is a black-haired lady who has come in to teach Dungeons & Dragons to children at their house, evidently, and, and bring them over to the side of the devil. Here we go. <clears throat> Debbie, your cleric has been raised to the eighth level. I think it's time that you learn how to really cast spells. You mean you're going to teach me how to have the real power? Yes, Debbie. You have the personality for it now. Intense occult training through D&D prepared Debbie to accept the invitation to enter a witch's coven. I've brought Elfstar to become a priestess and witch. Welcome, Elfstar. You're now a priestess of the craft and of the Temple of Diana. And scene. Oh, that's very powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Elfstar is so screwed. She's a cult member now. That's right. Her friend kills herself because she's sad because she loses the game. She casts real spells on her dad to get her to buy more TSR products. Oh, yeah. What's, which spell did you cast, Debbie? I used the mind-bonded spell on my father. He was trying to stop me from playing D&D. They, didn't, they, didn't, they left this out when they did uh, uh, in Stranger Things, you know. They played a lot of Dungeons & Dragons, but they never talked about the... Uh, it would be nice if one of the parents would try to get their kids to read one of these books or something. Season 2. Season 2. We'll see what happens when you play D&D. You open up a rift to the upside down, and the next thing you know, your ball of girlfriend gets blown up. Spoilers. <laughs> Social media isn't just for posting pictures of your sexy Ghostbusters group costume. It's also for us. Like our page on Facebook, share our posts. Follow us on Pinterest, on Instagram at The Paternity Test, and on Twitter at The Dad Test. Is it possible to have a sexy Ghostbuster costume when they wear a coverall? Uh, maybe you wear a coverall. I wear uh, a bikini and a backpack. Just, a, <laughs> just the proton pack. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Damn the chafing. Yeah, just want uh, work boots and a proton pack. You could also send us a question or a comment for the Paternity Test Mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or send us a voicemail or, or or leave us a voicemail at our phone number, 657-BAD-DADS. Don't cross the streams. And now it's time for Holla Don'ts. That's where that kiss from your aunt lasts a little too long at Thanksgiving. <laughs> and there's tongue. And there's tongue. Well, I have had my first experience in a holiday sacrament that has long been a bane of your holiday existence, Todd, uh, did my first corn maze. Oh, now you have a little girl. So did you do like the real corn maze or did you like yeah. the one that's just a circle? And you well, we've done the up. silly like ones made out of hay bales and stuff for like toddlers. Yeah. But this was on a farm. Uh, you could die there for sure. You could. <laughs> yeah. I came across skeletons. <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> I came, I came across he who walks behind the rose. Uh, and it said, like, there were signs that said, like, the corn that's still up, we're going to harvest. So, like, don't touch it. This was the real deal. Yeah. Uh, you know what's creepy about the corn maze is when you get out. not. Well, yeah. When you get out away from all of the, uh, you know, civilization and you're kind of in a part by yourself and you just stop and 
kind of listen and the wind is blowing the, you know, because at this time of year, the corn is kind of drying out. So the, uh, so the corn, uh, the corn stalks, uh, make a little more noise as they rustle in the wind because they're dried out. They're not, you know, they're not like middle of the summer green. They're, they're more, uh, you know, they've all lost their moisture. So anyway, it just makes me think of, uh, children of the corn and just how creepy. And it's just a very creepy unsettling noise. Just the rustling of the corn stalks in the wind when you're surrounded by it and you don't know if you can get out or not. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. You just know you're, you know, generally as as humans, we're at the top of the food chain and in command of the land around us. Mm-hmm. And there's like, if you go into space, you know that you're probably gonna die, or like, if unless you're very careful, <laughs> you're not going home, right? If you go underwater, you'd really yeah. better watch your step, or you're. Yeah, going we to are die. not the master of water nor space. That right? We, nor those things will always win if we make a mistake. Same with corn. <laughs> we'll drown in corn. We'll drown in corn. If the corn is angry, you're screwed. Yeah. If the corn gets the the Marky Mark M Night Shyamalan disease, well, you're not getting out of that corn. I'll tell you when, even when you you know if you're walking too close to the edge and you feel a stalk like brush across your ankle, and you kind of freak out for a second because you think it's trying to actually grab onto you and pull you into the in, into the corn mist. The dark heart of its corn existence? Yes. Yes. And not like what? the happy kind of disappearing into corn, like Field of Dreams. You no, know? you're not going to meet Chulis Joe Jackson no. and, uh, <laughs> and and uh, Darth Vader. Darth Vader, on the yeah. No, you're just going to get chopped into shreds by sharp leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing waiting for you on the other side of that corn is Malachi. <laughs> oh, no! Malachi. If you need a helicopter, you're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like needing a helicopter means you're stuck. That means you're stuck on a volcano. It means you're about to get eaten by sharks, or it means you have been you've so exploded yourself that you need to be airlifted <laughs> to a trauma center. You know, if I'm a helicopter so exploded, if, yeah. And I was in that heli- that uh, corn maze saying, if this goes sideways, my only hope is a helicopter, mm-hmm. and that's never good. Yeah, the. Uh... Now, did Viva ever get a panic going? Like, she just wanted to be done and wanted to get out? She was brave. She was there. We went in. My parents, believe it or not, my mom and dad and I went in with Viva, her equally four- or five-year-old cousin, his, like, six-year-old sister, and then and their, like, 15-year-old sister. So there was a kind of a teen, Mm -hmm. three toddlers, or three preschoolers, and my parents and I. Now, this should have been fine. That's a lot of authority figures, right? Yeah. But the the kids really wanted to run ahead with the teen, and they ran way ahead and angled off and got out of sight. Oh. But we thought we were just moseying and being very stupid and thought, how far could they go? How twisty could this be? Lost them. Oh. Straight up lost them. Like, do we split up? Do we go ahead? Do we? Is there an app for this? Like, lost the children in the corn. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, you know, it's one thing to to get lost in the corn maze, but to lose other people in the corn maze that you're responsible yes. for is a, is a whole level of panic. 
That, yeah. Because uh, it's one thing, because once they're out of your sight, if they have a real panic and, like, dart into the corn. I mean, oh, that's well, that's it. it. That's that's <laughs> how you get Malachi. You got to wait till they harvest to, to figure out where. <laughs> right. You got to go up. to the Jiffy Pop factory and look for bits. <laughs> But I'm, the 15 year old, I'm sure, was keeping a close eye, right? You just couldn't find the 15 year old, or the yeah. I don't know. What if I mean a 15 year old, not a 15 year old me? Well, the 15 year old's probably staring at her phone while walking through the corn maze, exactly, trying to get cell signal in this farm area. If I lost the kids, what are the odds a 15 year old's going to do any better? She's probably going to see some like friends off drinking around a corner and go off with them and leave the kids. <laughs> She's going to go to you know. A rainbow party or whatever the teens do. Tears off a, a dried-off corn cob. Here, kids, if you get hungry, chew on this. I'll be back. <laughs> I'm going to prom. I'm going to go See make out later. with Chad. <laughs> I'm going to go huff some jenkum. <laughs> I'm going to take some, Oh, what's the... Flacca. Is that the, is, is that, is that the new drug that makes people uh, unusually aggressive? This is like like Flacca. bath bath salts or whatever it was yeah, called. Yeah, it's like bath salts, but it makes you hallucinate and get very aggressive with the people around you. Really, Flacca, yeah. like Waka Flacca flame, like Waka Flacca flame. Maybe it's, uh, I think it's called Flacca. I don't know, but it's you know, I keep seeing things about it, like it's the next dangerous thing that's out there. It's the next angel dust. It's the next. It's going to make Helen Hunt jump through a plate glass window. <laughs> Well, it got so weird. So you've you've had adverse experiences in uh, corn mazes a couple of times, right? Yeah, I, you know, it always seems fun at first, and I don't know. I end up getting, I end up regretting it soon after I'm in there, especially after I realize that I've paid like seven bucks a person to get lost in the corn. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Didn't you push your way out once? Yeah, Didn't at some bail? point, I just I bailed and I said, I know I'm close because I, I like. The navigating, so th- when they give you a map and you say this is the pattern of the corn you're in, so there's a couple oh, ways to maps? do it. Yes, yeah, so there's a couple. Some corn mazes you just go and you walk aimlessly through the maze, hope that you've come out the other end. Now this one and the couple I've been to have checkpoints, so they give you a map and they say if you can follow this map, this is the layout of the corn maze. If you follow it, which is not easy to do actually because it's it's hard to tell what the different paths are, it's hard to relate that to the map sometimes. Mm. As soon as you miss one intersection, you're thrown off. You know, if you miss one turn and you think you're somewhere else and you're not, and then you miss three more turns and it compounds after that. So, right, because it pretty much all looks like corn. Yeah, it's corn yeah. with a left turn somewhere. And uh, so anyway, you you make your way through the maze to try to hit like 10 checkpoints. If you hit 10 checkpoints, you solve the maze and it brings you back out the other side. So uh, on the map, I knew that I was somewhere near the edge, but not. I was off by a path or two, so I just turned left and kept going straight because I knew that was the direction of the. I think I saw something that looked like where we, that looked like the, you know, the barn or the farmhouse or a silo, and I said I'm just going to walk towards the silo, and I pushed my way out of the corn. Can you cut yourself to ribbons? Uh, no, I mean it's you know it's. It's, it is fairly dry, so this is possible to. I guess it would scratch you up, but it doesn't. It lose an ear. I think. Really... I think the fresher corn is more likely to slice you, right? This dry corn just kind of crumbles under. You know, at this time they let this corn because it's feed corn. They uh-huh. let it just dry out before they harvest it. 
they don't harvest it when it's like corn off the cob. They harvest it after it's the corn, you know, that they that you see hanging on like fall wreaths and stuff, you know. <laughs> I mean, so anyway, uh I, I didn't get cut up, but I I even if I would have, I would have been happy. I would I would have taken it just to get out of that corn. Well, did you let the children walk in your wake? Like did they yeah, walk behind you? I took I took the brunt. I said, you guys follow I'm gonna make us a path out of here. You just follow me. And there was one where there was one path of spent kernels, I carried you. <laughs> So how long did you last? Because you could easily spend like an hour and a half in these things sometimes. Well, I'm out, but Viva's still there. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was not an hour and a half. Um, I don't know how long it was. I don't think we were in there for more than... Do you I, find now, after minutes. doing it, any joy in the corn maze? I will not be returning. Uh, we kind of... We never panicked, but we were pushing down panic and as we got towards the edge we heard well we heard gunfire <laughs> and it sounded more like fireworks and we came out of the maze into a revolutionary war reenactment <laughs> you'd been in there a long time right you were in there in so the... long you went back in time all the way around the horn that's <laughs> <laughs> right you had to actually go through the revolutionary <laughs> war to get back to where you were We've been in this corn maze so long, it's 235 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, folks, it's time for another episode of the Paternity Test to let their children play Dungeons and Dragons and roll dice with Satan. (laughs) You can like us on Facebook. You can visit our website, paternitypodcast.com you can email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com and you can follow us on twitter at the dad test uh, we just got a great tweet here from uh, our dog tucker on twitter and he said had dna test done on hair from clown at kids birthday party turns out it was just a person dressed as a clown <laughs> hashtag fraud you know you could tell mm. it's real clown dna is just a twi- bunch of twisted up balloons <laughs> The double balloon spiral double, of life. <laughs> double balloon helix. <laughs> you can catch us Tuesdays at ChicagoParent.com. You can call our voicemail 657-BAD-DADS. And tell your friends about the show. You can also consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link at FraternityPodcast.com. All right, everybody. Remember, there's a little bit of Charlie Brown in all of us. That little bit that you want to beat with the bag of rocks he got for Halloween. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. <laughs>